I was here last year, and I was looking for a technical session on audio, because that's what I do with uh, the church I'm in. I'm their sound leader, and there was a one that was okay, but it wasn't at all technical. It wasn't at all. Uh, it was more about being a, uh, a, a a worship leader, and I'm not a musician. I'm a techno geek. So really, I'm going to open this up to uh, basically anything you want, but I'll start. I'm going to start going down this list and interrupt me if you uh, would like to veer, if I'm speaking a little too uh, above or a little too below your level, please redirect me. Um, you know, a lot of people are wondering if, you know, hey, I'm buying a system, I'm buying speakers, I want to know if it's, uh, you know, the right, right speakers for the room. And one thing that I've taught a lot of people is um, to look at the specs on the speaker, and they talk about we have 90-degree width. Uh, we have, you know, we're, this is our, 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 you know, this width by this width. Well, think about it. If, if it was a light bulb and we were shooting 90 degrees this way, you don't want to illuminate the walls because what happens, the sound will bounce off here and then join the regular sound and muddy up everything. So, you know, you're basically looking for, you want to, if you think of the speakers as light sources, you want to illuminate just the heads of the people. It'd be nice to think if you could, if in this room, I would love to put, you know, I put like one speaker here, make it narrow and face it down. The people up front would hear the offstage ambience. And um, so I don't worry too much about the people right up front. So you, you try not to illuminate the walls and ceiling. And um, one thing I see, one mistake I see is a lot of times the, the band will be here and their speakers will be over there. You never, if you're at the microphone, you never want to see the front of a speaker. That's an invitation for feedback. Um, is this where you guys sort of want to go? I mean, uh, okay, well, we'll just continue until you redirect me. This is actually my first time I'm giving this seminar. Um, I'm a little, little nervous, a little gun shy. So if you're going to shoot, shoot low. <laughs> Um, and, and then, you know, a lot of people are dealing with, um, they want to have a lot, they like this big boomy bass. And, um, well, there's two ways you can um, hook up a, a, sub, a subwoofer system. Oh, actually, I have a little laser pointer. Nah, I can use my finger. Let's, my, my, I took my cat's pointer here, but, you know, a lot of people use um, low frequency, mid frequency, and high frequency. These are your speakers. These are your amplifiers, your mixer, and this is your mics on stage. You know, a lot of people just take your one output from your mixer and they'll just split it up into your speakers and send it out. But you have no control of, can I send this microphone to just the subwoofer? Well, uh, you, the, the things you want to send to the sub are like your kick drums, floor tom, bass, piano low, even piano high I, I tend to put in there. And I can control how much is going when I use an aux-fed subwoofer. You, on your mixers, you have an auxiliary output. Uh, a lot of times you use them for monitors. A lot of times you use them for effects in. Those are auxes. You use it for whatever you want. And I like to uh, use one of them for the sub. Um, a lot of mistake people make is they, um, they take the microphone full range into their system. And it, it gets fatiguing. Uh, your microphone's picking up the bass from the system. It's picking up the bass guitar. It's picking up the drums. The microphones uh, down here under getting bass out of your system, I roll off. I just cut off the bottom of my bass on a lot of things. I use the bass more as an effect. Like the only thing I really put in to my subwoofers 
is the, low, the, the kick drum, the exaggerated low. And now that doesn't mean it doesn't come out of just the sub. It, there's a there's high frequency component to your kick, the, the click. They call that the click. So that needs to come out of your mid and maybe a little bit out of your high. Uh, your bass has some mid range. Uh, it bothers me when I hear, um, well, like the guy today, there was no mid range in his system. It was all very low and a little bit of high. It, it just, I don't know, it just, uh, ours is real punchy. So, um, does anybody understand the concept of an Oxfed sub? Does anybody need to know about? Sure. Most pianos have a stereo output, uh, keyboards. Or if you're miking it, use two mics. So your left output is almost always your low, because your left hand, low. Yeah, and there's, uh, that's another thing. People want, uh, who thinks you really should have a mono system? And who thinks you should have a stereo system? So you're running a left, center, right system. Yeah. Okay. So and. Oh, so you're. Okay. So you're really running an A B system, A mono, B mono. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, I tend to use the drums stereo because the drums bleed into each other. Uh, I spread the drums out. I spread the piano out. Our guitarists have stereo outputs. So. Uh, hello. All right. So you're late. So you have to give the rest of the course. <laughs> I saw the Blue Man Group down in Florida, and someone told me, don't ever be late to the Blue Man Group concert. I didn't understand it, and I wasn't. But 10 minutes into it, the Blue Man Group was having a grand old thing. All of a sudden, they just stopped everything. They literally stopped, and a spotlight came to the entrance door. <laughs> and they followed that person <laughs> to the seat. It was, it was cl classic Blue Man Group. It was awesome. So... Um, yeah, you should try to get your bass out of as much as you possibly can out of your system, except the things you want, really want to put into your system. Um, you know, oh, I, I know, here, question by, uh, here's a question I wanted to ask you guys. Uh, how many of you are here because you are the sound people at your church? Okay, and how many of you are here because you're worship leaders and want it to sound better? Okay. And how many of you are having problems with your sound system? Okay, and uh, how many are you are here because all the good sessions were full? <laughs> all right. So, uh, what problem are you having with your system? Hum. I'm sorry. Buzz, buzz and hum. Buzz and hum. Well, that's usually because you use uh, balanced versus unbalanced. Uh, contaminated neutrals. Um, you know, two, oh. grounds in two spots. Um, okay, I'm going to keep the answer relatively simple, but I'm going to invite you to join me for lunch, and we'll talk about that. And in fact, I'm going to invite any of you, if you have any specific that you don't really want to bring up in class, uh, I'm going to, I think there's lunch in this building. I'll go wherever downstairs is, I'll eat there, and you guys are welcome to join me. I would be honored if, uh, in fact, any of you joined me, you know, because you can always sit with your people you came with on the way home, <laughs> right? Uh, so 
Um, the simplest way to do that is feed your mixing board and everything from your mixing system off the same plug your power amps and everything on stage are. Run an extension cord from your uh, stage back to your mixing board. And what you're doing is you want one point of ground. And then if, you don't, if, you, if one point of ground doesn't do it, you've got a contaminated neutral or you've got a neutral and ground flipped. Yeah. And you just basically, you find a cold water pipe and you just go hit each one of your so, uh, pl uh, plugs, plugs there and you have to measure a certain thing. And I'll be have to go over that with you. Yeah. I'm really good at finding ground loops. Oh, you know, what? <laughs> I, well, our, our pastor says he likes it loud. <laughs> I am by far the, uh, the old codger in the group. Uh, I, I bring the average up, and I love it loud. You know, I forgot to do something. Uh, our MC introductory comments. Let me just do, go over these quickly. Please speak clearly and enunciating names. Uh, my name is John Stefanik, and I work with uh, Simple Church. I'm their s sound leader. I'm also a uh, broadcast video engineer at Channel 6 in uh, Columbus. And um, let's see. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, well, that's, that's basically, there was a whole bunch of other stuff, but I've already gone over it. And uh, I have uh, business cards here. And just because you walk out of here today doesn't mean I'm not going to be a resource for you. Um, I'm happy to answer any questions. You got something hard, something is bugging you. I like to say, don't panic, call Stefanik. <laughs> In fact, that's, these were my business cards for when I was looking for a job not too long ago, and that's actually what it says. I figured I'd be a little audacious. And people look at it. And, it, and the picture is a uh, broken television signal. I'm a television engineer. So anybody who's an engineer would, would get that. So anyway, uh, any other questions about any subject, actually? <laughs> All right, so we're going to move on to um, uh, something. I, I can get you more output out of your subwoofers for not a dollar more. Uh, if you were to, let's, let's uh, I'll start at the uh, absurd. If I were to, out in the middle of space somewhere, I would hold a subwoofer up, and I would hold a person up, you know, out in the middle of space, no walls, no nothing. The subwoofer made a sound, and the person heard a sound. Uh, the subwoofer's spent putting energy in all levels. Now, if I were to take the person and the subwoofer and touch them down to a floor, what was going underneath has to go somewhere. So now it just goes hemispherically. So you've increased it tw times two. Now, if I take that subwoofer, this is the subwoofer. You know, first, it was just in the middle. Now I put it on a floor, and I gained it twice as much. Now if I put it against the floor, now it's quarter space. That energy has to go somewhere, so it's going, what was going to the floor, what was going that way, is all going to go that way. If I were to take two subwoofers, instead of one over here and one over here, just simply move them together, you get twice the output. Because if you think about one subwoofer, I was going all the way around here. Now if I take another one and put it next to it, I'm really only giving it from here over. So just simply putting them together doubles your output. And uh, it <laughs> sounds strange, but I have taken two subwoofers, stacked them against the wall. 
and you get a lot of bass output. Uh, run your amplifiers uh, instead of, this is a big mistake a lot of people make, subwoofers. They run a left and a right channel subwoofers. You don't need it. You make it, um, you bridge your amplifiers, you put them in pu push-pull, yeah, bridge them. Run them in push-pull, most subwoofers are eight ohms. Most amplifiers can handle four ohms. So you just take an eight ohm speaker, eight ohm speaker, put them together, attach them to an amplifier. Free times two output. And you haven't spent a dime. So that's just one way to get more bass if you think you're lacking it. Any, um, okay. Any questions about anything? I'm gonna ask that a lot. Okay, um, does anybody having problems setting their system gain? Um, you know, I have a mixer here, I have a bunch of microphones, I have amplifier, I have speaker, but I don't know really how to set the system gain up correctly. Anybody having problems with that or are you all good with that? I mean, I, it's a huge part of my presentation, but if you want me to skip. <laughs> anybody want me to, to talk, to, uh, talk about it? Okay, good. Um, I can actually set up a system almost entirely without the speakers connected. And that's the whole key of my little uh, technique. You literally disconnect your speakers at first. Um, if you have powered speakers, unplug the XLR. If you have speakers that the amplifier's over there, go up to the back of your speaker, yank the plug. And let's see, do I have... Oh, I should have gone there. This is our, this is literally our, my board that I just used last Sunday. Behringer X32. Uh, I just have magnetic pieces up here that we, since you, it's hard to rename these uh, vocal channels, I just, uh, you know, put a little name on it. It's just a little old school, but I do it anyway. Uh, so what you do it is um, when you're setting a mixer channel, you take, take your iPhone, take a, um, an iDevice or, you know, any old MP3 player, Find an input channel. Mine happens to be on the third layer. Uh, lives right here in the third layer. And I'm setting my input level. And I set my input level up until it's uh, right around zero. Then I bring my fader up, come over to my master. I bring my, oh, I bring it up to Unity. I don't know if you see these little marks here. Does anybody know what Unity means on a board? Close, anybody know what Unity means? Unity well, times one, if you give me a dollar, I'll give it times one back to you. Okay, I like, as soon as you make it money, everybody understands. So unity means whatever you give in, I give out. This is our input flow, that's our output flow. So you, um, you basically, you set your input gain. I, um, I say, pay attention to this channel, set my input gain, and I use my input channel to, um, the meter's just hitting zero. Set that to unity, come back here, set this to unity. Make sure that my outputs are reading same thing, because if uh, this times one, times one should equal this, right? Unity. Then I'll go over to my power amps. And, um, oh, this is a little tricky. Uh, I usually set things for peaks. Let me, let me modify this a little bit. Now that you have unity over there, just increase your gain until we're hitting just, we're just, just lighting the clip light. We're not hearing any sound, speakers are disconnected. You just hit in your clip light. So you should just hit your clip light. Actually, somewhat less here. Then you go to your amplifiers. You turn them up till you just see your clip lights. You still haven't made a sound, speakers are disconnected. But what I have just done is I have calibrated 
my meter here to my amplifier. When that meter has, sits, this is now my headroom meter. This is how much more I have left. When that hits the top, my amps hit the top, you're done. That's all the gig, rig for the gig that you have. So then you, we go to our, uh, go back to our input fader, bring our, our signal, our uh, iPhone something or other, back down to somewhere around zero, which means this should be somewhere around zero. And then I'll take the fader, which was sitting at Unity. I'll take this one. I'll take this fader. I'll bring it all the way down. I'll walk over here. I'll connect all my speakers. And then I'll turn it up to see how loud it really is. Um, how many volume controls do you have in a system? How many gain controls do you have in a system? There's a difference. Um, think of the very last input. If you have powered speakers, it's the control on the back. That's your volume control. Everything else before that is gain. Uh, if you have uh, an amplifier, if you have uh, amplified speakers, that's your volume control. So you're setting your operating level here, and then I call this your concert level. You set this for your, for your level that you really want out. And then um, now what we have done is we have set our chain from the middle, from the middle of the board, out of the board, out to the rest of your system. And, and you're playing your, um, your iPhone really loud, play it nice and loud, and that's your maximum level. You stop, shut off your iPhone channel, then we go work on your inputs. Get your outputs together first, then work on your inputs. Is that a little clear, kind of muddy? I'm hearing silence, so maybe I'm not <laughs> uh, hitting any chords here. So we set the main unity, let's see. Okay, and then um, the next thing I always do is I check my vocal channels. And this is actually pretty easy. Again, I can, I can actually set my vocal channels. I can set my harmony levels and my vocal channels without even a speaker turned on. It's not perfect. If I wouldn't do it and walk away. But it's a way I can get in the ballpark real quick. So it's, it's, um, we're going to use our input meters. Well, this one happens to be duplicated when I hit... Um, if I hit a solo button, this actually becomes a high-resolution meter. Or you can use the input channel meters if you want. So what I'll do is um, turn my gain all the way down. And I'll have these. I will set all of my vocal channels right up to uh, Unity. And then I'll take my, the money mic, the leader mic. And um, I'll have them talking to the mic, you know, uh, talk loud like they're going to sing because if they're talking real quiet, they're not going to do too well. But you have them talk real nice and loud and you turn it up until your meters read, they just touch zero. When you say, you know, red, one, two, seven, five, you know, you just hit zero. And then what you've done now is you've calibrated your microphone through the rest of your system and out because you've already done your output. So now we're doing our inputs. And now, but I have three singers, three, three or four singers. Uh, well, that's easy. You just have your sound person take all of the uh, vocal channels put, and put them all at unity. And you take your, your number one channel, your, I call it the money channel. And I'll say, it says channel one, and I'll take, take mic number two. And they're going to use the uh, channel input. They're going to say, look at this channel. I'm going to use my input control. And they're going to go one, just channel one you just did. And it'll be one, two, 
one, two, and then I'm going to turn it up, one, two, one, two, one, until the same level. And you always got to pull it away from your mic. You know, pull it away. Don't do this. Uh, we'll talk about the three to one rule if you really want to know about that. But one, two, one, two, and then you drop mic number two, pick up mic number three, one, three, one, three, and you just go down the line. And you're making them all even. I like to let my singers mix themselves. So that's how you get the, all the levels into the board correct. And you can actually mix monitors that way too, since we know we have our inputs the same. And for monitors, they like to, I like to give it to them roughly the same. I'll set their monitors at the same level. I'll set it at uh, like 12 maybe or two o'clock. I'll set everybody the same. And that's a good starting point. It's relatively quick. Anybody having problems with feedback and stuff like that? Wow. Um, how, do you find, how do you find a mic channel that's um, a problem, a problem microphone channel? Without, you know, if you, let's say you have some time during a practice or you have time to go up on stage. How do you find which mic is, you know, you talk into it. Yeah, that's one thing. But um, what I'll do is I can raise the gain of the system without even being at the board. You can do it yourself. What'd you say? I just raised the gain of my hearing. Go up to a microphone, stand in front of it, and like you're going to yell into the microphone. But what you're doing is you're picking up the, the floor monitors, going back to your hand into the mic. So you just talk like this into the mic. And you just go up to each one, and eventually you're going to find one. So you just, you know, hello, one, two, one, two. All of a sudden you hit one that's really hot, and you'll know that's your channel. It's a real simple way to uh, identify which is your problem channel. Uh, I've done a lot of sound for a lot of people. I guess they asked me to give you a quick bio. I've been doing sound for a long time. Um, my last name is Stefanik. It's mispronounced Stefanik. And I'm telling you, even back to grade school, people have called me stereophonic. <laughs> True. So I've been doing this a long time. I've done a lot of country music hall of fame work and uh, live, mostly live stuff. And, and live is what I really, really enjoy doing. Um, I don't know, maybe it's because the mistakes happen and go past real quickly and you can't go back to them. <laughs> But uh, when I'm teaching new people to, uh, to mix, um, they, they come up to me, they're all nervous. Oh, I, I say, look, I'm not going to get upset until after your thousandth mistake. You made four here today. You've got a lot to go. <laughs> so you put the people at ease. Um, how many people are uh, trying to teach new people how to do sound? I mean, do you have people who are readily available to do sound? It's pretty impossible. What, what do you, how do you uh, bring a new person on? What type of a mixing board do you, who, who, let me ask first, who has digital mixing boards, uh, like the new, new, new style? Okay, so about one or two. I'm sorry? I got mixed. I got Yamaha. The one that has a digital and a, not really like a computer. Yeah. Those are, those are cheap, by the way. <laughs> those are like $2,500. They're really cheap. Um, the, the easiest way, and it's, it's really tough for, um, for someone who doesn't, a church that doesn't have the funding. Uh, but if you can get virtual sound check, does anybody, virtual sound check is I can record every one of my 32 channels. This is 16, 
plus I've got two times 16, so this layer of 16, and I push this button, I get another layer of 16. I can record 32 channels to a computer, and then I can turn it around and send all those 32 channels directly back into those as if the band's playing there, minus the stage amplifiers, minus the acoustic drums, because you've got issues with that. I'll, if you want to know about that, we can, uh, we can talk about that. Uh, but that's the easiest way. But since most of you folks have um, the analog world, uh, the way I try to teach people is it's OK to stop the band during a practice a little bit and say, could I get one acoustic guitar and just the vocalists? In worship music, the vocals are king. So, you know, I'll stop and say, just, just one guitar and let's get the vocals solid. I'll mix it. You know, are you playing the high part or the low part? And most boards have a, uh, a solo bus. And if you have headphones, you can listen. Oh, that person is singing the high part and that, he's the low part. Okay, good. So you get away from the headphones and you start to balance them. Um, I, the, way, the way I teach people is, first thing I want you to do is close your eyes and listen to what's too loud. What's too loud? That's kind of important because if you're simply trying to fill in the holes, uh, you're going to take, you know, you pile dirt on top of dirt. You know, I want to make, I want to dig a little hole so that I can fill in with fertilizer or whatever analogy you want to make. I just don't want to keep making louder and louder. So close your eyes. What's too loud? Turn that down a bit. Open your eyes. See what's missing. Do I hear that guitar? Um, is the hi hat okay? Is you know, is, is that person's vocal good? And, and bring it up. But the vocals are the real hard part because a lot of times you'll have a, uh, have you ever had a person who sings way down here, and like not even in the same room as the microphone? <laughs> um, I have, I finally broke this one girl of the habit. Uh, if you really want it, it's, 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 it's approaches mean. <laughs> But it's, you, can, you can sort of make it nice. Bring a ribbon, bring, bring some ribbon and some tape, and take the microphone, and just take a piece of ribbon from around the mic to here. <laughs> now, it, it's ribbon, right? <laughs> how, how hard is that? And it's tape. They can just pull it away if they want. And you say, look, this is where you need to be. So I mean, you could do that. Oh, I've, I've, I've walked up during the practice, and this girl will be singing. I'll just grab her arm and gently push it up. Um, I've, I've said to her, I said, you've got a lovely voice, and I really wish I could put you into the system. But I can't, because you're holding your microphone you know, in Topeka. So um, try, try, try uh, honey first, and, but always have, the, uh, always have a ribbon nearby, and that'll, that'll hold it. Yes? That's a little advanced. If you, can't, if you can create the same image electronically, you got it right. Yeah, that's a, little, that's a little advanced. There was another question? What about um, how they hold the mic? I mean, you've got one. Rapper style rapper. versus. Um, Essentially, yes. You know, Hip hop fan versus uh, someone who, who. Is there anything to the back side of the, the, the microphone that needs to breathe? 
Yeah, uh, the, the way a cardioid, hypercardioid, supercardioid, the way, if you have the word cardioid, the way a directional mic works is um, if you're out in the sound field, it's picking up sound from far away. Um, the, the sound comes from the back and also hits the front. They have like a, a, a way for the sound to get from the back. They have like little reflectors in the element. So some of the sound coming from the back also hits the front. So if you hit plus one on the back or plus one on the back and then subtract one from the front, you get nothing. That's how that's how you get directionality. You don't get gain on this side, you get rejection on this side. So it rejects. And if your hand is there, um, you're stopping all that rejection. So can you tell that to someone who's you know really into this type of sound? But that sound might be good. We've had rappers come in and I wouldn't change a thing. They knew how to modulate it. I mean, there's, that, that's a technique some people have learned off YouTube, and you know, it, it, in a in a real classic worship service, unless it's a feature, you just try to get them to hold it back. There's really nothing you can do to. I don't know of any techniques short of barbed wire around the. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you've got to. <laughs> uh, but yes, a directional mic. Uh, you need, the back has to breathe, so to speak. I mean, the one, one lady I had work singing, she, she's very quiet to begin with, and then she grabbed hold of that mic like that. The ball. And I'm just, I'm trying to bring her up. Ah. I have to bring her up so much that I'm how far away from How far away from her lips? Is, is, is it an appropriate distance? Yeah. I mean, she, she varies. She does vary. She I, pulls away sometimes. And Hey, I, I realize I'm an old fart, but I just saw Loretta Lynn, who's an even older fart, on TV, and I watched her mic technique. When she hit a big note, she just pulled away, and she knew how to, how to exactly put that mic where she wanted. You don't need compression on that lady's vo vocals. She, uh, she pulled away, but she hey. the same voice. <laughs> well, because her voice got bigger, and she knew it was it getting bigger. It doesn't. It stays real small. Okay. He's next to her. <laughs> All right. Well, so, so what, what are you trying to do? You're trying to... How, how does she hear herself? How is she listening? But does she have floor monitors, ear monitors? No monitor. She has a floor monitor. Turn her, turn her, turn her down in her floor monitors. I've tried that, but then my worship leader's like, I can't hear her. That's fine. You, yes, you can. Ask her to get closer. That's the answer. And if you really want to hold her, you want to take a, I don't know, a, piece of tape or some kind of a boundary. She, she probably wants to feel a boundary on the mic. So if you were to build up a quarter inch or an eighth inch of something around, the, like some kind of tape. Yeah, it, it might. It might. Um, where, where are your floor monitors? Um, the distant, difference between a, um, a cardioid and a supercardioid, those are the two most common. Uh, supercardioid is not just better. Supercardioid is different. Anybody know the difference? Does anybody want to know the difference? Do we have a pen here? Uh, I guess we don't. We don't have a... No, I'm going to draw on this, and I, I would tick somebody off. Um, well, a, a, a cardioid mic is directly in back, is the rejection zone. A supercardioid mic has slightly better rejection, but it's not back here. It's like 20 degrees out. So you have this circle of rejection behind it. So if you're... If you look at a stage and they have two monitors on the floor, if it's the same thing, they've got to be using a super cardioid mic because it rejects, you know, in this area. But a cardioid only rejects here. So 
the word super doesn't mean better. It means different. Uh, well, but you the directly behind it doesn't ha is not as good. The directly behind it is mo more sensitive. You, you have a little bit of sensitivity, no sensitivity, and then a lot of sensitivity. So, and a cardioid is a lot going to nothing. So that, that's the difference. Sure, 57s? Sure, 50, uh, 58s? Uh, start by assuming the cardioids. Always have the back of the mic going down the throat of the horn. That's key. The back of the mic down the throat of the horn. It's well, it, it, it personally in ears, but I can't tell a musician who has honed his craft. Sorry. Um, there's a little bit we can talk about how to make them love the in-ear monitors. Uh, hopefully, you know how to how to it, like they don't like they don't like the isolation. Uh, I can't really hear that. Part. The uh, guitarist doesn't sing, but he needs to communicate to me during practice. Um, believe it or not, you just stick a microphone on stage and really compress it <laughs> so that when it gets, uh, you really compress that microphone and you keep it low so that when the band stops playing, it in effect comes back up. And then all of a sudden he starts hearing all of the ambience. But if the drummer hits the um, mic, the compressor can squash it. And then you're back to qu uh, quiet and you don't have all this room noise. And so, but the band stops, comes back up automatically if you set the compressors just right. Oh, well, there's a physical limitation. Um, and, and is your worship leader absolutely opposed to in-ears? Wire, let me give you the downside first. A wireless mic, a wireless in-ear, wireless guitar center, guitar transmitter. Uh, I'd say a $20,000 wireless channel sounds almost as good as a $20 cable. <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, I, would, I would start with the gentleman on just regular headphones, just you know, a nice pair of headphones, and if you can build him a mix, ha have him build a mix. What type of mixer do you have? Yeah, you're going to need a lot of interaction from him. You're going to need a lot of babysitting, but also put an ambient mic on stage. Just if you have an omnidirectional, um, uh, my my in-ear monitor mixers actually have a microphone on t on on the box. You can the guys can individually crank in if if they want. But that's going to help him get uh, stop with the isolation. I have two audience mics that uh, just down, and then the people on their mixer can bring up the audience mic if they want. The bass player loves it. Drummer doesn't want to hear it. So that's that's how the way you're going to do that. In the back. Well, you're not singing over it. You're singing to the side of it. Um, it's not like blowing air because the sound uh, goes up and down. So, you know, the sound's not going to go in and like this. So you're hitting the side of it. And um, 
it will be brighter when you're in, in here. If you've got someone who must sing into the side, what, what kind of a, what's your situation? We just get people who like to hold the mic down here or even sing over it instead of it being in front of the face. Are, are they regulars or guests? And did, have you mentioned it to them? And do they have? A, are they diametrically opposed to changing or uh, ribbon? <laughs> because it's going to be so obvious be, that you know well, I can't put it down here, and you know just just say, look, I really don't want to give this to you, but I have to. We want to hear you. Your voice is important to the song, and if you're down here, I can't hear you. I need your voice. Can I do this for you? Which is a lot better than saying, learn how to use a mic. Well, so, a lot of us have it. So, I mean, it's, it's just natural to sing it like this, but it's natural for you to be down here. It takes a while. Well, speaking, yeah. But see, if you're competing with the drums and all that other stuff. Um, oh, <coughs> what, what, what's, uh, there's, a, some, there's a little thing in here I call number of open mics. I don't know if you, you saw that in here. Um, if I take one microphone and I talk into it, and I bring it up, bring my levels up until it just starts to fade back, and I bring it down a little bit, okay? I shut that off. I come over here, I turn this mic on, I bring it till up till it just feeds back, and then bring it down. Shut that off. I come over here, do the third thing, okay? So it just about feeds back, and then I bring it down. Okay, any mic I pick up is below feedback, right? Now I'm going to open this mic, this mic, this mic, and the whole system starts squealing. Okay, what's a microphone picking up? Two things, signal or noise. Signal, what you want to hear. Noise is what you don't want to hear. And that case is the speakers. If I have one person speaking into here, here's the signal, and then I have this big powerful thing out there that's making noise. Okay, now I come over here, I got these big powerful things making noise, and this is picking it up. And so is this, and so is this. So the more mics you have, the lower, unfortunately, the lower you have to have your microphones. A little bit. Um, it's for every mic. Every time you double the mics, you have to have half the power. So one mic is, I don't know, we're going to call it zero for a reference. If I bring a second one in, I've got to turn them both down 3 dB. I bring two more in, I've got to bring it down 6 dB. If I had uh, eight mics, I'd have to bring it down 9 dB. Well, it's not quite linear, but it's every d 3 dB for every, every one. So you've got a, you're battling number of open mics. Your, your microphones are hearing your speakers. Okay, how do I get the gain up? Okay, I've hit the physical limit of that speaker coming into this mic. <coughs> what can you increase getting into the mic? Well, we know from the ribbon experiment, we can get the guy closer, and if he's closer to the mic, the ratio of the, you know, from here to there, I might be 100 to 1, but from here to there, I might be 50 to 1, 20 to 1, the same speaker, same voice, well, if this close, it's 100 to 1. I can overpower that speaker, consider it like 100 times. And then I can overpower 1 out of 20. One out of, you know, eventually, you, you come up to what's called the critical distance, and you, it's, it's worthless. It's, it's actually, there's a num name for it called critical distance. So if, if, if you can't get the vocals up loud enough, they have to start eating the microphone. Or you have to start turning something down. You know, maybe your drummer... Like, we have a drummer. He's awesome. He's also one of the founders of the church. He's just an awesome guy, but he plays with war clubs. This guy plays. He's dead on beat. He's awesome. He's just a great drummer. 
he does not have finesse. He'd never be a jazz drummer. But he's, but he plays with war clubs. Now he want, we luckily, we we have him on an electric an electric kit. So when I showed up, I've only been there a year. He had an electric kit, but he's telling me now he wants to bring an acoustic kit in. And acoustic kits are the most expensive way to get into a sound system. Who, who, who thinks acoustic should be cheaper? And how about electric should be cheaper? Okay, you'd, you'd think the acoustic would be cheaper. But I need all of these microphones at 100 to $150 each. I need a bigger mixing board at $100 each. I need a cage around him to stop him at $2,000. That cage has to have a roof. And now the thing, he's going to sweat like a, a roaster in an oven. You've got to air condition the place. <laughs> so electric drums are actually the cheapest. It seems like they're the most expensive, but they're not. You can control them, too. This guy plays his acoustic drums, his electric drums, so hard, I can, from the back of the room, I can hear him slapping the plastic. And we crank. <laughs> May I use that? <laughs> I told our drummers, listen to the jazz drummers, do what they do. It's work. That's tough. I can't say I ever played the drums. I like to say I thrashed about a bit. So, you know, I sort of have a soft spot for a drummer and you can't, I can't ask him to use thinner sticks. I can't, you know. Right, right. But, yeah, and he's not getting the bounce back. And I mean, the drummers have, they, they're not just one, two, three, the ghost beats. And, uh, you know, the, the bounce back is such an important feel. So, you know. Uh, a lot of times, you know, I, I went to a place that we started with the acoustic kit, and then we ended up with the uh, glass cage. And one week I played a trick on the drummer. I put a sign up front that said, please don't feed the drummer, because he was in the cage. <laughs> he liked that. Yeah. Yeah, you can, you can do that, but... You know, a lot of these people like that vibrant, that pop, and you need an expensive sound system to get that pop through. You need what's called headroom. Uh, you know, this is what I hear. A snare drum just eats up your headroom. Uh, you, you can have 12, 15 dB above what you think. Anybody know why the meter is called a VU meter? It's volume units. It's a Parent loudness of they would take they, they did tests uh, that, that they would have like a, a, a piano and they say okay the piano is this loud and then so they, they would mark it on a meter and then they take a drum and they would hit that and they, some people say well the drum's just as loud as the piano in reality it was like five times louder but people perceived it so they found the ballistics on a meter to simulate what the human hear would human hearing would. Um, a think it is so it's called a volume unit and that actually has to do with time how long the thing happens the frequency it's frequency compensated so VU meter is actually um, uh, a uh, you know a calibrated device so oh, anyway this, this this is from two weeks ago 
where, where do you, uh, this, I have, um, just to show you what we're doing here, this is my first 16 channels and then my second 16 channels are on the other side. But we have acoustic drums. Now you see the red, the green, and the purple. Uh, I have, these are what called DCAs, um, the D Digital Controlled Amplifiers, an analog board, they're called subgroups. And uh, these are our vocal channels. So, and I'm running all these at Unity, or just slightly below. So I, if, if I want to push someone, I can push them. But, um, you know, uh, the, I, I, when, during practice, I'll pull down, these are all my instruments. These are my uh, guitars, piano, guitars and piano, and uh, I call them mid-range instruments. And I have them over here on the green, matches the green. And then bass and drums are over here. So I, I can drop out the bass, drums, and the guitars, and I can work on just the vocals. Or I can shut this down and I work on just the guitars, or shut this down and get the rhythm between here and here. So if you have subgroups, even a mono system, subgroups are really helpful. Hopefully your band doesn't freak out because the whole world just dropped out in practice. I have to fight that. I say, she's uh, like our worship leader. Johnny, I can't hear everything. I said, well, it's my practice too. <laughs> you know, and I need just, give me, give me 15 seconds while you play. Just play through, count if you have to. Uh, but most of my people are on ear monitors, but every once in a while I won't notice it. She'll yank her ear monitors out, so she's listening to the house. And I shut it off, all of a sudden she's there, what are you, what are you doing? Kelly, come on. Oh, is anybody going to the uh, No Divas thing after this? That's from Simple Church. That's, from my, uh, those are, that's, my, uh, that's our two, two of our leaders. Kelly's awesome, and uh, so is Kyle. Uh, you, you, you'll like that. Yes, sir? You were talking about half table error. That's all this thing. I have one that's too loud. She bleeds over. She's in her mic. I turn her down. But she bleeds over into the other mics. How close are they? This is an interesting science experiment. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to start turning down the other mics to get yeah. We, we have a girl who's awesome. Her, her, she's not uh, one of the speakers uh, later. Um, there's, uh, other than the microphones on either side being, are you running limiters on the other two? On the other two? You know, are you, are you running limiters over there? Because that will artificially let you bring the gain up. Um, you know, li limiters can actually hurt you as much as help you on vocal channels. Well, what the other problem is, the girls that are beside her, ladies are in the front and the men are in the back. And the ones that are on the other sides of her are soft. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, She's the only one that likes to sing loud. So why don't you try this one time? Take a single mic and have all three of them sing into one mic and see if they'll balance themselves. I would never hear the other girls. Have her and the other girls work it out. See if, see if, see if you have, have, have just the acoustic guitar play and just have the three girls try to blend. Have her step back. Well, have the other two there and have her stand back. And then have other people give their opinion. You know, uh, Susie, you're too close. Uh, you know, I've done, I've done some bluegrass music where the entire band is on one microphone, and it is awesome. I'm talking to, if they want to get up, they, the uh, mandolin player jumps up, and he jumps back, and the banjo player jumps up for his thing. And it's, it's, but try that. 
try putting them on one mic. And um, maybe an Omni mic if you have an Omni directional. Okay. Is it floor monitor or how, how, do, how do they hear themselves? Um, or is it quiet yeah. enough you don't need monitors? Oh. They like to hear the leader more than the monitor. Okay. So they hear what's up. Yeah, so so, so so try a try a single mic and maybe an omni because uh, the Shure 57 58s you got to get on them that's what they're made for. You know, by the way you can use also use if you're ever short a hammer you can use a Shure 58 for those. They're so rugged. <laughs> I I actually saw a commercial way back when where some guy he's talking into a mic. It was a it was a real short I think it was at a trade show. Guy's talking. He goes, hello, I'm introducing the new blah, blah, blah microphone. And he has a piece of wood with a nail. And he goes, bang, bang, bang. Enough said. Boom. He throws the mic down. <laughs> so that might have been a sure. So any, any other particular problems you guys have? Do you want to help me, uh, want me to see if I can help you address? How much time do we have, by the way? I'm sorry? Oh. Well, um, okay, here's our... The, the band has gotten off, but um, this is our pastor speaking. But this is the, the band has just simply walked off stage after their fourth song. What's missing? This is our, this is Simple Church. How many guitar amplifiers do you see? Zero. Zero. Uh, we actually have, this is a bass amplifier, but we have no bass speaker. She is simply using it as a preamp. So it modifies it. Uh, over here is the subwoofer system for our, the entire subwoofer for the whole thing. Put it next to my friend. <laughs> and um, let's see. Well, um, I've hung our speakers. That's the bottom of our speaker. So that's if our pastor is standing here, that speaker would be relatively right here facing down. And um, I use the idea of speaker as a light source. And I am just illuminating. Our system is four channels. We use all four channels. We surround. Um, we surround everybody in sound. It's, we're using in-ear monitors. Uh, let's see. Yeah, there's a there's an in-ear monitor mixer. There's one. There's one. Wired. Yeah. Um, un unless you're dancing around, I don't. Uh, I say, look, a uh, thousand bucks. Give me a thousand bucks. I'll get you a really nice wireless ear system, and it'll work most of the time. Uh, we have the two lead girls up front are wireless, and they are junk. They are junk. So yeah, she's on wireless, but she's on a wired microphone. So why bother wireless? Although I can understand for lead singers. Oh, well, we've been doing this the whole time. <laughs> um, what Simple Church and I have decided to do is, uh, if you are geographically close to Columbus, I mean, you know, I don't mean in Columbus, but um, if you'd like m me to come, maybe during a practice, maybe during a service, although service is kind of inconvenient, and, you know, like I said, the, uh, did, uh, oh, actually, I, <laughs> I, this is not the slide I really thought it was going to be. I, I put a big asterisk here, and I had the word asterisk and an arrow. 
<laughs> and then the asterisk down here. You know, the, depending on the distance from Columbus and the schedule, uh, I do work a full-time job. And um, if you just take a business card and we'll sort of plead your case, you know, depending on how many, uh, how desperate or how, how what I have to sort of uh, uh, rank a need, I'll be happy to come to your church. And I'm not really saying to, you know, it might cost you lunch, you know, something like that. I mean, if you're out in like moose nuts or something like that, I don't know, maybe some <laughs> gas money. <laughs> But, you know, you know, or, or uh, well, <laughs> I have a few other town names, but uh, there's, it's a mixed crowd. So, so anyway, that's, um, that's definitely something, like I said, just free for taking a card and e emailing me. And uh, um, I also have a, I, I, I don't really have anything here to sell, like some of these other people I've seen. You know, hey, I have this course, and um, I just thought that maybe somebody needed a little technology, and like I said, you guys are either here because you like the technology or all the good courses were full, so I appreciate you coming. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Anything interesting? Oh. So, you know, like I said, I'll be uh, doing the lunch thing. I'll, I'll go downstairs and um, yeah. be happy to help with that. So let, let's continue with, uh, let, me, well, let me look here. Do you have any questions? If not, I'll go back here and see if there's something I can mine. He's requesting that, or that's what you're finding? No, it's, it's, it's what I find, uh, or I found. So one of the things, uh, I was thinking about selling him, right? I mean, uh, oh, so what would be the best recommendation? Ah, let him come to his own conclusion. I actually have a solution for that. Pick up your eye, whatever. It has an audio recorder. Have someone in the front row record it. Borrow his. Have someone, or in the middle of the church, ask someone he trusts just to record it and hand it to him. That's usually, that'll usually, uh, all of a sudden he hears nothing but his own guitar coming back. It, he, it's gonna, he's going to realize that he could do better. It's something as simple as that. Yeah. Uh, any, anybody who's running a sound, a dedicated sound person should have them there on practice. They should have to be on practice. And they should walk up onto the stage during practice and sit next to the drummer or stand, stand next to the guitarist. Hi, how you doing? You know, be, be a part of, of the band. But recording, uh, the, the downside is these have um, an automatic gain control. That's the downside. So during a quiet passage, it's going to come up. I kind of wish you could defeat that. If you have a, if you have a way to record with, without AGC, that would be real good, uh, automatic gain control. But sans that, if he, if he listens to it and he says, gosh, I couldn't hear the other guitarist, or I couldn't hear that other vocalist, or, he's, it's, it's going to be a mirror. And he, if he likes what he sees in the mirror, 
you, you know, then you might have an issue. But if he doesn't like what he sees in the mirror, it's, yeah, just, just turn it right back on him uh, politely. Let me borrow your phone. Or is, your, is your wife going to be out there? Or, you know, is your friend going to be out there? Can they borrow your phone? And this way he can listen to it back um, in his privacy. And, and it's not, no confrontation. He's not, you know, hey. Uh, so, but then after he listens to it, hey, hey, did you listen? Yeah. Well, did you come to any conclusions? Okay, well, just think about it. Any other? Uh, what is too much uh, at the DB level? What is too much? You have a sound pressure level meter at your church? Uh, I just, once in a while. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I, I, I think, well, zero is a threshold of hearing, 140 is a threshold of pain. <laughs> um, yeah, somewhere in between there. But most rock concerts are up around 128, 130. Uh, so probably 116 to 120, something like that, if you're really rocking. Uh, like my speech right here is probably 70, you know, some, somewhere in that range, just to give you an idea. Yes? You've got to run with an STL meter. Go out, buy one, just get it. I've used, it was one of the first things I was told to do. You've got to, depending on how much humidity and air pressure is in the room, can vary the sound level. Uh, well, sit, yeah, I, I. You sit in the back of the room. You just put your meter up there on the desk. Yeah, well, that, that's good for. I, I, I'd hope by now that I, I could learn from some something, but I kind of have a good, good idea. Any other? Well, uh, we run at eighty-five dB average in our church. We got up to one hundred fifteen dB. I thought the sound would be crushing. Well, you know, I might be a little, uh, I might be a little optimistic on that. I'll, uh, I'll, I can't say that I'm. Uh, the most, um, oh, there was, um, let me see, it looks, no, really, I mean, call me if you have questions, I, I'm happy to, to chat, um, let's see, uh, I, I would really recommend you having headphones at your uh, station to uh, listen to, even just to vocals, uh, I've even suggested people mix through vocals, uh, mix through headphones, I'm oh, sorry, mix through headphones, uh, so the trick to getting someone closer to a microphone is turn down what they're hearing in their monitors. We talked about taming a drummer. Um, is anybody using click track? No. Nah. You are? Well, you must have a nice advanced system. Where's your, where's your church? Um, sounds, like, sounds like it rocks. You can use throne shakers and everything else, the whole, the whole nine yards, butt kickers? Oh, okay. Because our guy wants... Our guy wants butt kickers. When he hits his kick drum, boom, he wants his throne to shake. So we ended up, like I said, putting, the, um, putting it behind him here. We, have aux, we use ox-fed subs, by the way. But uh, it's, it's, it's really clean. And uh, I, I'll take, like, his, his, he, he's our lead pastor, but he's also an acoustic guitarist. And I'll take his acoustic guitar, and I'll, uh, I'll keep it kind of low in the fronts, but I'll take a pitch shift. I'll pitch him up six cents in the left channel, down six cents, or seven cents, uh, up in one channel, down, and I'll throw those into the rear speakers. And when he hits his guitar, you'd swear a 12-string just marched in. It, it just, it, it's just awesome. And uh, if you have rear channels, we, we like to take leave the front relatively dry, but I'll put just the reverb in the back of the room to make it sound cathedral-like. Our church is pretty small. It's like six times the size of this room, seven times. It's pretty small, you know, but uh, it works out pretty well. Anybody have any, any questions whatsoever? I'm a vocalist online, and, and uh, he has a thing on there where you 
Is he recording your mic dry, or is he recording it off the room? Dry. It, it comes out of the system. In other words, everything is fed into the system. Everything that's coming out to the speakers is what I can record. Right. And I, I think part of that is also where they're hearing so much in the monitors, and I can hear it. I have to bring my house speakers down. And I think that may be part of it. There is so much color going on, uh, sound coloration going on with, um, with monitors. That's why in-ear monitors are great. Um, so what's... I guess my question is, is, like, I can't be at two places at the same time. And, and like, he'll, he'll say I sound good, or somebody might be honest. They don't come in that bad. Well, well, that's right. Who's going to be honest with you? I, I just want my own... Uh, so, so, so you want to hear your specific mic versus you with the rest of the band? Well, then... Get some kind of recorder, hopefully without an AGC, but if not, if you've already got it right in front of you, and, and just record the, have, hand it to someone in the audience. And um, uh, I, I have a, a nice little recorder. It's not so unlike the one they've got me chained to. In fact, this actually has a microphone uh, uh, for a, a camera stand. And uh, I'll just stick this just above people's heads and record the band on this, because you can run this without an AGC. Uh, so, and that's that's kind of it's it's easy, it's free, it's right there. You have it. Yeah, because I mean, because you know, it's you can't ever tell what you sound like for sure. And my my definition is sounds good, and then I could change that accordingly. You know, if I think every song's different, I, I, you know. Yeah. Re I, you have an analog board or a digital? Analog. Yeah, it's tough to get recording. It's real expensive well, to record yeah, off an analog. Yeah. Oh, I, there's one thing before you go. I'm sorry to interrupt. Let me just get this point out. And like I said, you want to join me for lunch? If you guys are getting a new digital board because they're all the rage and they're dirt cheap nowadays, please don't get one with only iPad control. iPad, in addition, yes, because uh, your iPad is going to become old. It's going to become obsolete. It's going to be dropped. The software is going to be obsolete. And then you have this box with no controls on it, and you're going to look at it going, well, this thing is worthless. So if it has controls over here plus an iPad, that's fine. But don't get just an iPad-controlled one It's because it, it, it's going to fail. The batteries are going to fail in two years, three years. Who is going to charge this thing every Saturday night? You know, who's going to charge it? Who's going to bring it in? Who's not going to be sick every day bringing it in? If you leave it at the church, you really want to leave it on power all the time? Yeah, I guess you can. That's not, but... I, uh, by a show of hands, who's portable here? Who's portable church? Oh, good. And who's uh, fixed? You're full time. That's good. I, my daughter was portable. It was it was a tough road. <laughs> so now we're in the fixed. My daughter. I did it back in New Jersey. So, um, is it time? I mean, you know. Okay. So um, again, remember, I will be happy to um, to help you if um, if I can take cards. That's a card I used when I was doing a job search, so it's, uh, it's not really church or sound-centric, but it's, it's me. Call me, stay in touch. Well, thank you very much. Sure. The system that we're running right now, we've got acoustic drums, and their idea of liking the drums is just throwing a wired 58 in there into the cage with it. Um, 
at this point, like... Oh, so he does have a cage. Well, he's got a glass shield. Yeah. Um, the symbols are obviously just, you know, real loud and exactly what you want to some extent, other than, like, a hi-hat. The rest of the rig, though, I feel doesn't really have the power that I'm looking for as a worship leader out in the, the audience. Is there... And you don't have many channels on your board. Well, right. We don't, we don't have any dedicated channels. We've got a number of, um, yeah. we've got plenty of room for extra channels. Oh, you do? Oh, we've got a digital board. I think it's got 48 open channels. Oh, nice. It's, yeah, it's got like th three or four of the um, things that you were talking about that you can switch through. But, like, I just don't know what to... You have all of those channels and that nice of a board and a single mic inside a cage? Who is, I guess whoever's running your sound is sort of... Well, and the, the way that the room is set up, it's sort of like a gymnasium that's... Um, okay, so if he's in, the, short, the short thing is if he's in a cage, take a, um, like a condenser mic right over the drummer's head and just face it down. Oh, I have actually got something even better. Even better. If you want to do a one mic solution, a one mic solution, this is pretty cool. Um, take an omnidirectional condenser that can handle a lot of level. Just a single omnidirectional. Position it between his knee and the rim of his kick drum. Huh? Right there. Stick it right there. That's going to pick up all his toms. It's going to pick up his kick. It's going to pick up his snare, his floor tom. And his cymbals are probably, you might want to put one up there. But I can, I can mic a jazz kit with one mic. Put it literally right there. And I've actually taken a taped mic to a drumstick and just taped it to the top of his kick drum and you stick it right there and you'd be surprised. You have to add a little bass, maybe some compression, but just try that. An omnidirectional mic? An omni. Is there any specific one that you recommend? Well, just the word, if, if the word omni is in it. Um, it doesn't have to be crazy. I don't know, who makes that? Behringer? Yeah, Behringer. Is that a condenser? No, it's an omnidirectional, 20 to 20 flat. But yeah. if it's 20 to 20 flat, it's got to be a condenser. I have to plug it into my XLR. No, no power? No, no. If it doesn't want power, it doesn't take it. Interesting. Okay. So that's what I've used. I mean, yeah, cardioid's going to blow that uh, system out. A cardioid mic like a Shure 57 or 8 isn't going to work in that situation because right. it's a flashlight. You treat those microphones like flashlights. Mm -hmm. And they just have it thrown right next to the kick drum. Well, then all you're getting is boom. I promise, yeah. all you're getting is boom in that. Yeah. So you do that other thing, and you, you play with the EQ and stuff, you're going to get a nice sound. Okay. All right. Yes? I was thinking, what, what is your thought on sound processing? Compressors, like limiters, effects machines? Uh, unless you have a really experienced person who can really ex exploit them, go ahead. Yeah. And if you don't, it's just going to... I don't like it. Uh, I, 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 I've taken. I, well, if, 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 that, if they get the sound they want, I mean, if they're not getting feedback and they're getting a good sound and it's balanced, I mean, I, I can't. I, I don't know everything about mixing. Do you have a question? Yeah, you're a musician. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, I, I learned to play like in bars and clubs type things. So yeah. Immediacy. And the presence and Feedback. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But the idea of using the omnidirectional mic for the stage yeah. is really appealing to me. Yeah. Um, 
so where exactly would you place it, the mic, so that's like not, I mean, how high or low should it be? Um, um, I would pla place it unobtrusively, right. sort of in the middle of the, the band okay. somewhere. A couple feet off the floor. On a mic stand, it's completely uh, collapsed. Take a standard mic stand, okay. completely collapsed, facing up, omnidirectional. And that will, and then you just have to uh, decide how much of it you want in. And you like compress it like the reason to I one or feel it? Uh, I'll compress it like four or five to one. But the thing is, when the band's quiet and talking, right. that's where I set my, my le level. So if I were to shout into it, it would, it would pull that down. So while you guys are all talking, it's in your ear. But now as the band level... Remember, it's, gonna, it's not going to let anything above a talk through. Now, as the band starts playing, everything else comes up, and it's going to get squashed. Gotcha. So now you're playing, and then let's say you're in practice. You hold it, hold it, hold it. You know, you stop the guys. Hey, we've got to change this chord or whatever. Hold it, hold it. All of a sudden, the band stops. The mic comes up. I, I play in a band that, that tours where we use in-ears. And I, would that be something I could bring my own mic and ask the sound guys, like, we want to use this for our in-ears? The, the, who brings the sound system? Is it local? Are they locally provided? Or you bring it with you? It's someone else, yeah. Okay, so it's, a lo so it's locally provided. Yes. Um, it's like a sound, sound company. Yeah, so ask them to... Um, they, they, they always have spare mics. Just say, just look, just give me a stupid little Omni mic right here. And if you have to put it towards the front of the band, facing back, it's kind of goofy looking in performance. Right. You know, I'm trying to think of a little bit of aesthetics. Uh, if you can get a short mic stand, just leave it on the, on the uh, shorter one just sticking up okay. somewhere. Uh, attach it to the bottom of um, your lead singer stand or a guitarist stand. Or okay. you, just gotta, just, you can attach it just somewhere around there, and that'll help. Cool. Conversely, yeah. if you have two, put one over here, one over here, pan them here and here. Yeah. And then that really opens things up. Cool. You just tell them, just make that part of your rider. Yeah. You know? Yeah.